guys, welcome back to Black Fashion History, you know, the podcast that chronicles the contributions of black people all around the world to luxury fashion, and I'm your host, Taniqua Russ, and it is with bittersweet emotions right now that I say we are in the final episode of this season. I want to thank you guys so much for making this a great season. Thank you all for tuning in every Thursday to listen to some historical stories about wonderful black people that have contributed to fashion in a variety of different ways. Thank you all for your reviews and your kind DMs and comments on everything. I read them all and I respond to them all and I'm just so appreciative I would have never imagined that you all would take to the show the way that you have and that you would tune in and listen to me recount the lives of people that you may or may not have heard so thank you so much for the support and if you've been listening for the past couple of episodes you know that as a holiday thank you I did a giveaway and so I've officially chosen a winner for the giveaway and the winner has already been contacted You should have received a text message that says, congratulations, you are the winner of the Black Fashion Closet slash Black Fashion History Podcast Giveaway. So if you receive that text message, please make sure to respond with your email address. That is the way that we're going to get in contact with you to get your mailing address so we can send you out your Telfar bag. So if you want to claim your prize, make sure that you respond to our text with your email address. And for those of you who didn't win the giveaway this go round, don't fret. There's going to be more giveaways in the future and you'll have more opportunities to win more free stuff from us here at Black Fashion History. Now the show is going to be back in January and I promise you we're going to be back better than ever. I'm already putting together the content for season two. Let me tell you, if you guys like the stories in season one, you're definitely going to love season two. I promise. Just be patient. We're going to come back stronger and better. More episodes in a season and you'll love it. So for today's episode in the season finale, I really wanted to switch things up a bit and do something different. I know y'all are used to having me come on here on Thursdays, pick a figure and talk about, you know, the historical significance of that person. And that's pretty much been the DNA of black fashion history. But, you know, fashion history doesn't just mean things that happened in the past, but it also means the people who are changing the game today, they are also considered history makers. And this year we've had tons of historical moments happen in black fashion culture. And so I've invited a guest to come on today's show and kind of do like a year end wrap up. I'm going to be chatting with Gabby Lane of the Strut Magazine, and we're going to be talking about all of the great black fashion moments of 2019. And of course, we're going to be talking about her brand, the Strut Magazine, and how it's contributed to black fashion culture. But first, we got to take a quick break. So you want to start a podcast, right? I know it can seem really daunting and complicated to have to think through how to record it or how to edit it and even how to upload it. But don't worry about any of that. I'm about to give you the only tool you need to create an A1 top of the line podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. 
There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even start making money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Now, all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm, that's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M, to get started today. Now, let's get back into our content. Thank you again for coming on the show. I'm really excited to talk to you. Um, But for my listeners who aren't familiar with you, could you just introduce yourself and talk to us a little bit about your brand? Yes. First of all, I want to say I am a huge fan of the podcast already. And even though, yes, absolutely. I'm pretty, I would like to say I'm well-versed on like the new black fashion culture era, but when it comes to learning the history and all the things that we aren't taught enough, like I really do look to you as my plug. So thank you for creating this platform, first and foremost. And um, secondly, my name is Gabby again, and I am the creator of the Strut Magazine which is an online publication that brings attention to black creatives in the fashion industry. So from designers to stylists um, to models and everything in between, we just celebrate black fashion culture and um, diversity and inclusion in that space. I'm also the creator of Struck Communications, which is a PR and marketing consultant agency specifically for um, black women creatives. So that's me. (laughs) Thanks, cool. So what made you want to start your, I guess, your media group? Honestly, you have the magazine, and then you also have the marketing and PR leg of it. Yes, so you're I'm running a media empire. <laughs> yes, I'm trying. That's the mindset I'm going into 2020 with is, like, big, big power energy, trying to, you know, make this empire pop in. But um, what initially inspired it was I was um, attending USC studying um, PR in a graduate program, and I had moved to L.A. from New York. So coming up in a neighborhood that was all, like, Black and Caribbean specifically, I was never really, I guess I didn't realize I had never really faced real racism because I was always surrounded with people who looked like me. So being displaced, and being in this whole other ecosystem around the time that there were a lot of, like, boycotts and things happening because of police brutality, I started to try to look for ways to connect more with people who look like me. And I always loved fashion. So when I was asked about what I wanted to do for my thesis, I decided I wanted to talk about black representation in media um, and how, like, there's, there was this whole shift happening at the time with, like, um, How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal, those shows were pretty new. And that somehow randomly spiraled into me deciding to create an Instagram page. So I just literally made a page, and I just started posting um, pictures of different black women who were on the covers of magazines, um, who we weren't used to seeing on the cover of magazines, because even it's sad to say, just that was maybe about three or four years ago, to see a black woman on Elle and Vogue wasn't very common. It's still not common, but it was even less common at that time. So I was just posting those things. And then after a while, the brand just continued to develop and evolve until I decided I wanted to really hone in and focus on Black designers and Black creatives in addition to that. So it kind of just came from a random experience I had. And then 
an Instagram page, which is where most great brands start, and then now here I am. <laughs> I love that. And what I love about your, like, Instagram page and your magazine especially is, you know, not only that it highlights, like, black designers and all of that, but it also highlights black influencers, black artists. And so when I'm looking to see who or what, you know, I always go to the Strut Magazine and I can see, you know, whether it's Jackie Ina or like Ryan Destiny or Kelly Rowland, somebody like that. I can always, I know that I always see our celebrities um, and I always get fashion inspiration from them. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. I think sometimes as creative, um, we really just need those affirmations from each other because especially when you're in the growing phase, it feels like you're speaking to a silent room. But when you get that confirmation that what you're doing reaches a very specific type of person and there's more of them out there, it just makes you feel like, okay, like this has a meaning and a purpose. So I always appreciate, you know, your support and your kind words about the platform. It really means so much. Same here. I know the feeling, especially when you're working, like, in this online space. It feels like you're talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> so telling nice you. nice to get some feedback. And it's also good because I feel like, which is a good thing, this niche focusing on, like, black fashion culture is becoming pretty prominent and, like, um, popular. I see more and more platforms coming up. And it's easy to feel like, oh, we're all doing the same thing, but we're really not. We're all taking different unique angles and different approaches to doing this. And just like there's a Vogue and an L and a this and a that, there could be a strut, a black fashion um, closet, and all these other, you know, platforms that are coming up and doing this. Like, we need to have as many different perspectives as possible. So I think it's really dope, too, how we collaborate and whenever I see other platforms or pages come up I follow them too and I'm like wow there's so many different um, interpretations and I learned so many different things from all these different places Um, so it never feels like the same even though the intention behind it is the same it's just to bring more light to black fashion creatives in this space. Right. And like you said, there's a slew of magazines like Elle, Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, all of that and, you know, it never seems like, you know, that the market is oversaturated. And I think the same applies to us. You know, I think the more of us, the better. And the more we mm-hmm. can collaborate, um, shine light on these platforms and on, you know, these creators and uh, different influencers in the fashion space, the better. Because people get to see their faces, they get to know who they are. And then ultimately, you know, that turns into support and growth for Black people in our industry. I know that's right, girl. I know that's right. You got to preach. <laughs> and money, of course. Mm-hmm. Facts. <laughs> because, you know, you can't eat without the money. Exactly. And I feel like that's true for black designers, too, because they don't really get the opportunity to advertise in these big publications and to do those things until they've, get, they've gotten to a certain level. Like, Right. Nicole now has been out here grinding in these streets for years, and we've witnessed it. And then, like, I just saw that she was featured on the Essence Instagram page. Yeah. Not even in the magazine, but on the Instagram page, like, this week. And it's like, well, it's about time that y'all, you know, notice and, and, and done this. But I think when it when there's people like us on the streets, like, seeing people from the beginning or seeing them in the early stages, then we could be part of that 
those amplifiers that make them more visible sooner and when they deserve to be, like when they're still, you know, grinding and hustling and have that little cult community around them. Right. And I think you bring up a good point. Like we have to do a better job of, you know, spotlighting those people as they're coming up. Like it shouldn't have taken that long for her to be featured on Essence. Uh, which is a publication, you know, created specifically for black women. And it's supposed to be, you know, our go-to publication when it comes to, you know, the things that we look for as far as lifestyle. And so that should be the first place that she would be, you know. Yeah, and They should absolutely. be breaking people like that. Like, we, it shouldn't be after they've gotten, quote, unquote, successful or some sort of notoriety before they end up on the larger black platform so i think as a community that's something that we can do better with yes absolutely i completely agree like this year was a really good year for black fashion culture as a whole um Mm -hmm. when i think about you know the met gal and everyone that showed up in black designers and think about rihanna um and all of that stuff like that was monumental this year and so i wanted to get your feedback and your take on some of the stuff that happened. First, I want to talk about the Met Gala. So I know we did an Instagram Live earlier this year about the Met Gala, and we kind of talked about um, the theme as well as, like, the celebrities that came in. But I thought this year was particularly special because I feel like black celebrities really showed out at the Met this year, and then black designers were really rep. Like, there was a lot of people in Dapper Dan, um, Pierre Moss as well, um, and then just people, you know, just repping for the culture. Honestly, I don't think that there's ever been a Met Gala that has made me more excited than the one this year. I feel like when I first was going to take my fashion journalism seriously, I was following the Met Gala just because I I understood that it was a big moment in fashion that I needed to pay attention to. But sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like I just wouldn't quite get it. Like, I would read about the theme, and I'd be like, okay, cool. And it just wouldn't ignite my fire. But this year, from, like, the very beginning of the Met Gala, I was like, what is happening? Like, I was so excited. Because the first thing I remember seeing was, like, Sierra and Big Frida coming down the stairs. Um, I think they were doing something for Vogue. And then they, like, were twerking on the Met Gala stairs, and she had the big Afro puffs. And then I was just like, oh, my God, okay. So I feel like if this is a sign of what's going to be happening at the Met Gala this year, I'm completely down for it. And then um, I think the second thing I saw was when Dapper Dan – had dressed um, Regina Hall, and I think she had mm-hmm. also dressed a few other celebrities. And I was like, well, I mean, he should have been there every year, but if there was a year right. that he should have been there, I think the year of camp makes sense because I even feel like um, enough, like, black culture wasn't really embedded into the camp team. Like, you know, there was a lot of other things that could have been explored, but the fact alone that he was there, I think, was so historical and monumental to me. Like, I could have just been happy with that alone. Agree. And I think outside of the Met, 2019 was a pretty big year for Daffer Dan as well, Um, Mm -hmm. just as an individual. I think his book came out this year. Yeah. Um, I've seen him. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen him on so many more platforms than I've ever seen him before. 
Um, he was like on the Breakfast Club. He did like things at Fashion Week, stuff with Vogue, mm-hmm. stuff with Tidal. I think he's been everywhere. And then, of course, you know, celebrities have been showing out just not just only at the Met, but on red carpets with his stuff. Um, and so I think on it's TV and music videos, like right everywhere. And it, like he was even in Queen and Slim. Um, I don't know if you saw it. I haven't seen that but... yet. A, okay, this isn't really a spoiler, but her uncle <laughs> is in a, a full, like, Gucci Dapper Dan look, and her uncle is from New Orleans. And I I'm like, it. this is just lit. Like, I just loved it. I was like, this is the type of stuff I'm talking about. So I completely agree with you. It was definitely his year. And he deserved after what they Absolutely. did to him. He deserved. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love that, even though I haven't seen the movie, I love that. Um, they used his clothes in Queen and Slim because Mm -hmm. that's that's, those are moments that I live for to see like black designers you know in the costuming of movies or TV shows things like that I'm like ugh I live for those moments because that's what it's all about like that's how we get the brands and the people out there plus I'm a big like costume and costume history person so I love that stuff yeah I'm pretty new to the, the costume design side of things but I do find it really, really exciting, especially with Queen and Slim. I feel like um, it's just so interesting because as their characters shift, their style shifts, and kind of inserting certain black designers, especially like Dapper Dan, into certain characters, um, per- like it, it kind of just evokes their personality traits. It's kind of like, okay, I know the type of person that he is. Like he likes to stunt. But he also is woke. Like, you know, like, of course, he's in the, mm-hmm. the full, like, Gucci out, Gucci out um, print, but it's the Dr. Dan one. So it, it was just, it kind of told me so much about him. And so I do love costume design and even learning from some of the episodes you've done about, like, the hat makers and stuff. I'm like, wow, I would have, like, never known some of this stuff. Girl, you be, you be dropping the gems. I already told you that five times. <laughs> Thank you. I try. I try. <laughs> but it's nice to see, like, that stuff still continuing today. And I think it's a little bit off topic, but that's what it's all about. Um, yeah, I believe, exactly. even though I haven't seen the movie yet, I believe the costume designer for Queen and Slim was um, Shiona Tarini. Mm-hmm the like the former editor at um one of these magazines maybe Vogue L or something but I know she's also done um episodes of Insecure as well and even in Insecure they're very intentional about bringing yeah. in if not black designers definitely pieces that speak to blackness yeah so you can like always find right Exactly. Her stuff is so funny. She wears a lot of like apparel brands, mm-hmm. and it's just I think that in itself is amazing because with a show like um, Insecure that has that level of impact, like I feel like every time I see her in one of those pieces, it doesn't take long for that brand to really be able to elevate and get to the next level because it brings that that product placement is something just like we were just saying that was unattainable at one point, and right. you can just see how transformational it is for these. For these brands, you like you you put it on a on a Easter Ray on Insecure and bam, now they're like selling out of products like hotcakes. It's, it's just amazing. Exactly, and I think it's a testament to how just 
all of us in the industry have to work together because you need stylists and you need costumers, you need, you know, these different celebrities to kind of wear these things to be able to put it out there. Like that's, we work together like an ecosystem Mm -hmm. to kind of lift each other up and make sure that the brands are getting the placement that they weren't getting before they couldn't have gotten or even imagine getting like 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, and then bringing it back to the Met Gala, I feel like that's what made it exciting for us because I remember we were both on our IG stories, like, like posting everything because it was just so many of those moments because the Met Gala is that opportunity for the whole industry where all of the who's who's come out. And there were a lot of people, not just celebrities and designers, but even, like, hairdressers and stylists right. who work with these black celebrities who aren't usually on that carpet are who are involved but then were able to because of the ecosystem that was created so I think that that was dope and going back to the Met Gala I I wanted to ask you what was your like number one if you had to pick one (laughs) like moment from that from this year I think my number one moment um and I might have said this on the live as well was Lena Waite and Kirby of Pierre Moss and the mm-hmm. matching suits that they wore. Um, yeah, the suit. Because not only was it, like, just a good look, but I love how black it was, like, down to the stitching of the suit and the words that mm-hmm. it says. And it was kind of – and they weren't afraid to be in your face with their blackness, so to speak. Um, yeah. Just intentional and in every way. Right. And I love that. And it's like, okay, I know the big – controversy or criticism with the Met Gala theme this year was, you know, leaving black people out of camp. And so they kind of like brought the focus back again to that conversation and make sure that it's not forgotten and you're not going to sweep this under the rug just because you have a whole black celebrity dressed up in one room. Like, no, um, you guys are still going to do right by us. And I really like that they were able to bring that in with the items that they wore. Yep, and Lena Way said, like, her her suit said it with, like, a whole one sentence, black drag queens right. invent the camp, period. Exactly. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> and I think another big thing in fashion this year, uh, and black fashion especially, is definitely, I'll, I'll just, like, group them all and say, like, celebrity collaboration, so to speak. So we have, you know, Rihanna came out with her Fenty brand under the LVMH group, and then um, Beyonce relaunching Ivy Park, even though it technically comes out next year. um, Mm -hmm. You know, there are a lot of teasers this year with Beyonce and Adidas and her relaunching Ivy Park, and then um, Nicki Minaj and her Fenty collaboration. Yeah. Which I thought was a big deal because I know – before Nicki Minaj had like a clothing line, um, and this is not shade, but it was in Kmart. And yeah. And kind of switched gears into like the luxury kind of vein to where now she has this collaboration with Fendi that is selling out. Like, I know I went to go check it out, not because I can afford Fendi, but I'm always like, well, maybe there's something here I can buy. Let me see. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And a lot of the items were out of my budget, but also a lot of the items were sold out. And so I think that just kind of speaks 
to the power of black celebrity, like the fact mm-hmm. that Rihanna even has the star quality to be the first black woman or black person in general to launch like this luxury label under this like very well known, you know, French brand. The fact that Beyonce can, you know, launch or relaunch Ivy Park just kind of speaks to the influence of black celebrity and how how the world, you know, looks to them for style inspiration. Yeah, and Going back to the Nicki Minaj collaboration, I was really fascinated when I looked at the collection because, from my understanding, it's a capsule collection, mm-hmm. and usually in collections like that, there's maybe, I would say, like, what, 10 pieces or something? The yeah. Nicki Minaj collection was, like, so – it was huge, and it was, like, it was. everything from, like, T-shirts and hoodies to door knocker earrings like everything so I thought that was really interesting how big of a collection that they did and I think they intentionally did things like for for people like us who may want to get something but you know can't buy like a whole like bag or something they did like socks they did like sunglasses yeah and they did, like little things like that that are so expensive but like you know <laughs> maybe doable on a good day right um, with a couple savings but um I thought that was interesting and then I also thought it was interesting how much the pieces were so far out of their their typical aesthetic like they really let her have a lot of creative control in terms of of what they did um and it and it was like a very like street style feel that you just wouldn't expect yeah, them to so I think not because a lot of the time I feel like with with collaborations and everything, regardless of the race of the celebrity, they're not always that exciting because it's kind of just like them taking things they already have and then just remixing it. But with these black celebrity capsule collections that come out, they're really, really trying to tap into what they know the person's audience will want. And I think even that is showing our influence where Fendi's like, look, if you want us to make door knocker earrings, okay. You got it, Nicki Minaj. Like, I thought that was really powerful. And with, like, Fenty, they just said, like, forget a collaboration. Just here's your whole own brand. Um, Right. Which I think is just completely crazy. But if anyone had to do it, I would say Rihanna is fully capable because she has the vision for sure. No, I completely agree. And I think, like I'm saying, it just kind of speaks to, again, our influence in this space. And it's nice to see that, you know, our aesthetic isn't just being taken and then used without us attached to it. So I love that, you know, these celebrities are kind of being able to steer the story and have control of the image. Like with the Nicki Minaj and the Fendi collection, you know, she dropped the song to go with it. She got the visuals. So she, she you know, right. And she was the face of it. And I think that that's important to not, to not only have um, these influencers be, or I guess celebrity slash influencers, you know, be a part of it or be in the background, but also have them be the face because it's a very, um, it's still a very black aesthetic, like you're talking about, you know, the streetwear that comes from our community. Uh, so it's important to make sure that, you know, we are the ones steering that conversation. Definitely. And I wanted to ask you something about the Fenty collection or the Fenty mm-hmm. brand. So um, I know that a few weeks back, 
they actually won um, a British Fashion Award. Yeah. And um, apparently, um, she won the Urban Lux Award, which, from my understanding, is a new category that did not exist before. So not only did she win the award, but it was kind of like a new category was created to kind of fit the umbrella of what Fenty was. And I wanted to ask you how you felt about the categorization of it being Urban Lux, because when I first heard it, I had to sit with it for a second because for some reason words like urban kind of trigger me, <laughs> where it's like, yeah, why she had to be Urban Lux, though? Like, I'm, like, I don't know. I just wanted to ask how you felt about that. <laughs> no, I feel the same way as far as being triggered by the word urban. And, like, if you think about, uh, especially, like, back in the 90s, early 2000s, any time a black person or celebrity came out with a fashion line, it was considered urban fashion, no matter what it was. So that kind of puts me in the same feeling because Fenty is a true luxury label. Like, it can stand next to your Gucci's you know, your Fendi's, your Louis Vuitton's, like, it can stand next to all of those things, um, and it does. And typically when you hear the word urban, you you don't just think of black, but you also think more, like, or at least I do, I think more about, like, streetwear. Exactly. Um, that Where kind I'm of thing. Going. And Fenty is not that at all. Nothing close um, to that. I'm sitting here so cute. I'm looking, I'm like, okay, urban is, is a thing, but it's not it's not like racial in the way that people are trying to make it seem. It's like right. a very like we inspired it, but it's a very specific aesthetic and I don't think that Fenty could be further from urban. Like it's definitely like, you know, obviously street style has um evolved and kind of become this different thing where it doesn't necessarily have to be what it was typically in the past. But even if Fenty items could be incorporated into street style in their essence they're not like I would say at best they're like upscale casual maybe like but but I just didn't understand why it had to be urban lux I just don't I don't know I wanted to ask you about that because I was kind of sitting here really confused (laughs) no I I agree with that now I'm curious because I don't know I am curious to see the other brands that were nominated in that category because I just want to see a comparison. Um, So I'll have to go back on my free time and kind of look that up to see who else was nominated in that category. Because, again, when I think of Fenty, I don't think urban. And I think it's kind of, like, lazy to just say, oh, we'll take the black brand and throw it in here. Um, yeah, for the so I'm like this award. I'm skimming this, and apparently maybe it's it's a new award for sure. But I don't think it just came around this year, so maybe it's been around for like maybe a, a year or two. It says the same award went out to Off White Verbal A Blow. I know I'm probably not saying them right last year, and I'm like, okay, well he's also black. That's the two things they have in common. Off- but Off White and Fenty are like day and night. <laughs> like what exactly, are you but. About? Off-White makes more sense to me because it's an urban brand. Exactly. Like, outside of it just being black, you know, it is like the de- it's the definition of urban when you think of fashion. It, so it's the definition sense. of urban love in my – like, right. he does uh, – sometimes he makes these 
interesting combinations like when he did that gown that I think um Janet Moss wore and it was like this beautiful like tall gown but then it just said off white like mm-hmm. on there like it was street style he does things like that to me that's totally urban lux but like so like you said that makes sense and then he just so happens to be black which I'm sure for them is just like another indicator like oh yeah that makes sense <laughs> but with but Rihanna it's like I don't my I don't compute so but when you do yeah, the research yeah. to see who was who else was in the category, please let me know because I'm curious too. Now it makes sense if she was nominated for her Fenty Puma collaboration. Yeah. Um, in Urban Lux, I could go with them on back. That makes more sense. But for like the Fenty label, no, I'm not taking that. But Absolutely. I was gonna say, but I'm guess I'm glad she's got the recognition. But no, I'm not. <laughs> I think it's not it's not just important that we get recognition, but that we get the proper recognition and the proper respect. Yeah, seriously. I think I think she's really working hard to make Fenty a truly reputable brand that has a legacy that live that's far outlived her and I think she deserves to be properly categorized. I can understand how it may be difficult to categorize Fenty, especially because it's so new, but I think that if there's anything we could tell from a fact, it's that it's not urban luck. Do you have any thoughts on, um, you know, some of the, I guess, the sneak peeks that Beyonce has been showing us from her upcoming Ivy Park collaboration with Adidas? My first thought is I'm scared I'm not going to be able to afford Ivy Park anymore <laughs> because um, when Ivy Park needed, first, though. Yeah, you're right. You're right. When it first came out, I remember it was with Topshop a few right. years ago, and I was super excited. I drove all the way out to the Grove, which is, like, in L.A., and um, I bought, like, a little crew neck. I was super hyped, and... It was very minimalist. It was like a crew neck that says Ivy Park, legs that say Ivy Park. Like everything was like gray or black or white. And with these previews that she's showing, it's like it's kind of like stepping a little bit beyond athleisure and looking like it's going mm-hmm. into perfect or urban luxe. <laughs> I would say I would say Ivy Park is like this one thing she did with like she's in the laundry mat and it's like this jumpsuit with some like utility straps and it has like the Adidas yeah, yeah. and I'm like this is very like I'm not wearing this to the gym like this is I out. yeah I think they're definitely trying to make it more of like a vibe where before I think Ivy Park was very um very like oh this is what I wear when I work out and stuff and now it's like no this is a straight up like stylish athleisure so I definitely can see that it's leveling up, and I like it because, you know, people have their qualms about Beyonce and fashion, but I think with, with this new release of Ivy Park, she could probably really show people what she's made of with fashion with the right team kind of guiding her vision. I agree. I'm loving the new elevated looks because before, like you said, it's just like sports bras or leggings, tees, very – you know, true athleisure and very minimalist. Mm-hmm. Um, so if what she wore in, like, her L interview is any indicator of what's to come, then I'm super excited for it. But I think you brought up a good point when you said you're afraid if you're, that you're not going to be able to afford Ivy Park anymore. Mm-hmm. 
that makes me think, like, okay, back to Rihanna coming out with Fenty, and then you have Nicki Minaj with her Fenty collection, and now Beyonce with this Ivy Park that looks to be a little bit more expensive than, you know, the Ivy Park and Topshop that we're used to. You know, what do you think of these celebrities dropping these collections that are a little bit up there in price range? And I know some people think, you know, their typical audience can't afford this. So my thoughts are that their audience are millennials. And their prices are high, but if you look at, like, a Gucci or, like, a Chanel, Chanel is a good example, and then you look at the prices of Fenty, if I really put my mind to it, I could get something from Fenty a lot quicker than I can get it from Chanel. So I think the logic behind it, in my mind, is, like, I think that there's this midpoint of Lux that, they understand as millennials, like, we want nice things, but we don't want to pay $7,000 for a bag. But if you make something, especially for us as black women who are, like, super ethical and, and woke, I know we all hate that word, but woke now, if it's a black designer and it's something that, you know, has a good little price ticket, but I get to support a black woman and get something luxury, I'll make that investment. So I kind of feel like it makes sense as we get older. I think all of us kind of start to to have elevated taste and want to start buying things. So I think it makes sense for them to make things for us to buy, where at least if we're going to buy something that's that expensive, it's not Chanel. It's it's going to be Fenty. It's going to be not just Adidas, but now Ivy Park. You know, like I think it it makes sense. Um, If it was for, like, Gen Z or if it was for us a few years ago, then maybe not, but – I think, I mean, and at the same time, we say that, but then people will still roll up with a Gucci belt. It's <laughs> like, right. So why can't they make their stuff that price, too, if it's of that quality? Like, I think that it, it makes sense as long as the stuff justifies the price. No, definitely. And I think it's important for us to be in the luxury space as well. Like, everything that we do doesn't have to be, quote, unquote, affordable, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we need to be seen everywhere. And mm-hmm. so if these celebrities can be part of help us, helping us carve out our space in luxury fashion, uh, then I'm here for it. I may not be able to buy it now, but that doesn't mean I can't buy it later. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, when I'm ready to make, you know, that big purchase, on a bag or shoes or whatever, now instead of going to Gucci or Chanel, like you said, I get to go to Fenty and spend my money there. And it gives me an option to support a black woman and kind of build up that name recognition in a brand outside of, you know, Gucci or Dior, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah, and I feel like um, with the luxury space, it's kind of just been the same houses that have been around for like generations for so long I don't know if the luxury space has had this like big spike of of new faces and for them to a lot of them to be black women I think is a great so I don't think we should be complaining about that pretty much like you just said I think it's just great (laughs) so do you have any um closing thoughts on this year of black fashion anything that you're looking forward to next year or anything that we can look forward to from you for next year? 
Oh, yes. Um, I just want to say I really hope that um, 2020 is an end, well, 2019, I'm like stepping ahead, <laughs> is an indicator of what 2020 and beyond is going to look like in the fashion space and how um, colorful it is for people of color and it getting to the point where even like Essence had their fashion house spotlighting black designers for New York Fashion Week this year. Like the fact that the media is really starting to hone in on this, I hope it's an indicator that we're just going to be even more excited with all the things to come next year. And in terms of from me next year, I really am considering taking a new direction and approach to the Strut Magazine um, and honing in a little stronger on, like, the political sense of what the platform is about and really doing more white papers and things like that to, to, to talk oh. about some of the things that we talked about today. Because I think for a long time, just being candid, I was trying to do stories that were, like, easily digestible and things that, oh, people are going to see and want to share and read. And I think what I'm realizing I'm more interested in is, like, the business mindset and, like, the, the, the bigger picture parts of of these things. So kind of trying to move towards that direction and probably less content but more thoughtful content is what you can expect from the Strut Mag in 2020. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> and share with the people where they can find you online. Yes. Okay. So you can find me on Instagram at the strut, S-T-R-U-T magazine. And you can also find me if you're like a business owner, entrepreneur, you want some, you know, marketing tips and stuff. I share that um, at strut to success, which is Instagram handle. And if you want to just read some content about all amazing things, black fashion culture, you could visit thestrutmagazine.com. And that's it, guys. Thanks again for tuning in this season. I appreciate all of the love and support. And we will be back again in January. So if you want to stay abreast of all things Black Fashion History, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Black Fashion History Podcast. And of course, you can text black fashion to 31996 and you'll be the first to know when the new episodes of season two drop. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, and of course, rate us five stars, and I will talk to you again in 2020.